0: so blessed to be together again this afternoon. We've heard a stirring message this morning on the need for thankfulness in our hearts, and we certainly have a lot of things to be thankful. Uh, we have probably more than 14,000 if we were counting correctly. Before we begin um, the service this afternoon, are there any further greetings for the church? So let's uh, invite the Lord into our midst together. Almighty God, we are... So thankful, Lord, and we have so much to be thankful for. Lord, not only the blessings we have of the beauty around us, the warmth of those that love us, and but the light from your word. And we pray that its light would penetrate and dispel the darkness and reveal things in the right perspective, that we could adjust our hearts to your truth and that we would rather be fall down and be broken than be crushed by, by the truth of your word. Father, we ask you to inspire and speak to us and also to meet the needs of those who cannot even be present. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord has laid in my heart a passage in uh, Epistle of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore, also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, he lacked, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation or lifestyle honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for cloak of maliciousness, maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. I've read to the 17th verse. This morning we were taught from God's word that we need to be thankful for all things. Not only the things that we all acknowledge are beneficial, but even for things that maybe on the surface we wouldn't quickly be thankful for. And so I guess I need to be thankful that uh, there's a lot of things I make mistakes in so that I can share with you the lessons that I learned. In the Word here, we we hear about stones. We hear about different kinds of stones. We hear about Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, precious, chosen of God, a fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah. but that, that stone at the same time, if it's not the cornerstone, if we don't believe it, becomes a stumbling block, and uh, also prophesied and quoted actually in all four in three of the Gospels and Acts and Ephesians, the same passage that the stone which the builders have rejected is become the head of the corner of the cornerstone. This is a decision then, uh, whether he is our cornerstone and we are the living stones that build in alignment with it, or whether we don't acknowledge, believe him to be, and it becomes our downfall. If you have uh, been by my place for the last two months, you'll notice that it looks like it's still under construction. That there's heaps of stones lying around as I'm trying to uh, just make a base to build a shed on, and I needed to put out some patio stones to, to, uh, for, for that um, structure to sit on. Simple enough, you would think, and my wife doesn't understand why after two months I'm not done, and I'm going to share with you why I'm not done and the mistakes I've made. All I have to do is line them up, they have to be level, they have to be straight, it has to be square, so that the building will sit on it, and I've only, uh, because of the way it's constructed, I've only got about an inch to play with on each side, so it has to be exact. And my problem is that I started with the wrong reference point. I thought I'd start with stones in the front, because they're the ones that are visible, that are easy to see. And I started with the one end that I knew was a bit low and I had to build it up to to make it level and I went all the way along, but uh, it never got quite high enough to meet the stone at the high end. And I couldn't dig that one any lower. It was already hitting the dirt, so I had to start all over again. And so I get that all, everything referenced to the higher stone, which is more important, and get everything level with that. And then I try to get the stones in the back level and... I have another problem, that there's this, uh, I have a a conduit, I was trying to bring electricity down there, and it's fixed in the ground, it won't move, and if I am in alignment with that, the patio stone, you know, is going to be on top of it, it just wasn't going to work, I can't, I can't place it there, so now I've got to start all over again, and so it went, until I picked the back high one as my reference point, and started measuring things from there, and and I had to get things right in three dimensions. It's one thing to get it level. It's another thing to get it square. And, and, and I kept having to redo things because I wasn't having that nice fixed reference point. I was having the wrong reference point to do my construction. And as I thought about this, I realized that this can apply to our spiritual lives as well. That as Jesus is our cornerstone, he's the one that we need to use as our reference as we go through life. to As we make decisions to decide, is this aligned with the character of Jesus? See, the shape of that stone and how square it was determined where the next stone should go and the height it should go and the direction. And... And as there are three dimensions I had to be aware of, there's three dimensions, there's multiple dimensions in our lives that we need to examine ourselves and to say, am I truly aligned with the Lord Jesus Christ in this area of my life? The people that Jesus first spoke to about this stone that was disallowed of the builders but became head of the corner were the Jewish nation, the the, the the Pharisees, those that were um, religious. And it would seem that they were in alignment with God. Uh, Their outward acts certainly reflected that. Uh, What they did on Sabbath and how they dressed and what they did uh, with their tithe money, all these things were in alignment with God's Word. Uh, But God, God knew that that was only one dimension of their worship, that there were other dimensions. And in their heart, they were not thankful. They didn't understand the grace of God. Uh, They didn't understand mercy. They didn't understand justice. And they allowed their own pride and their own um, uh, lust to drive a lot of their actions. It may have been hidden by being right in one dimension, but it was completely wrong in another and we also need to look at more than one dimension of our lives to see whether we're in alignment. It's, it's, it's easier maybe to start with the things that are closest to us. And we think that, I think I'm making progress. And there's this illusion of progress where I can focus on on, on making progress. And I've got this one thing right. I've got this one stone, and it's aligned and the right height, I think, and I start building with that. And I and I spend a lot of time. And I think, look at all I've gotten done at the end of the day. And but then when I come and I measure it to you know something that's immovable, you know, to the to the standard that that does not shift, and I see that it doesn't quite fit, then I have a choice to make. What am I going to do? Am I going to acknowledge that all my work up till now has been really a waste? Am I going to humble myself and move everything to be aligned with the immovable reference point? Or am I going to say, well, that's close enough and I'm just going to keep going and the final building is just not going to work. It's not going to stand. I think it looks good, but you know, the building is not going to shift to be something that's not square or it's not going to to rest on something that's not uh, level and it's not going to, uh, it's going to crush my conduit. And Things are just not going to work if I don't humble myself and acknowledge what I have done till now was built in reference to my desires, to what I want, to what's important to me first and not in what's important to God. In Hebrews, we can read that Jesus is the express character of God. He, he, he reveals God's character to us in a way that we only had hints in the Old Testament. But now this chosen um, cornerstone that becomes revealed uh, is something that we can see. We, 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 we had a foreshadowing. We had the law. We had perhaps some measurement in the past, which helped some dimensions, but it was just like my, my little bits of twine that I had tied up there that told me, is this straight, but it didn't give me the other dimensions, and it was fragile, and it tore. But, but Jesus reveals to us more dimensions of who Jesus is, not only the moral dimension, not only perhaps The outward dimension of what's right and wrong, but the inward to help us look inside and say, Am I thankful? As we heard this morning, do I have an attitude of gratitude? My actions might be right, but what is my attitude? Am I, uh, am I, uh, do I love my neighbor as myself? Do I love God with everything? There's just so much more than. Um, we, we can see in this, um, in, in, in the, the Old Testament revelation. The Bible tells us we are living stones, and that as we align with this cornerstone, we make a spiritual house, and that we make something that's a praise to God in that we are a, a, a priesthood. We represent God to this world. We're a holy nation, a set-apart, a chosen. That, that This was not... We weren't born this way. We weren't His people in the past, but now we have obtained mercy, even though we didn't deserve it, and we are called by His name. Now, when you have people... Together, that need to get along. There are often differences, and so just as with my stones, one was a little bit this way, one was a little bit that way. I can't just say, "Well, I like this one better." I'm going to align everything with this one stone over here. Then, but you know that that was an arbitrary choice, and I can't go by any of the stones that are individual stones that are building up. I have to go back to the cornerstone. And so when you and I have a disagreement, when you and I come up with things that, that we don't see things the same way, we're not lined. We're there, there's you look at things in, in this direction, I look at it in that way, and things are not lining up and there's friction, there's gaps, there's uh, uh, something that is not stable. It's not about getting the other person to line up with me. It's not about getting my way because that's not going to make a solid building. We see from this example here that there's a a solution to your and my conflict that we can come and say, no, it's not about my way, it's not about your way, it's about God's way, about how would Jesus Christ handle this. And it's not even just about, you know, doing things the way Jesus did them. There's a whole surrender of the desire for vengeance, the desire to to see someone else pay or to my hurt be compensated. There's a surrender of vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. And we, we give these things up to God. And we find a peace with that, God will deal with the person justly, but I don't have to. And I don't have to get my way. I don't have to see justice done in my interactions with other people. I don't have to uh, have this uh, chip on my shoulder anymore. I can let God deal with that. And there's a freedom in that. As we continue in the passage Peter points out, or he lays things out, what does it look like to be a living stone that's aligned with Jesus Christ? And he gives us some concrete things. He says, uh, Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. There's, There's Jesus Christ, in his orientation, and there is a world system with a completely different orientation, and we have saw with us this morning. Um, Brother Doug mentioned uh, the uh, the events in in Kenya, in Nairobi, and and we see the the ruthless destruction of life. The heartless, whether child, pregnant woman, old age, the, 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 and it reminded me of the passage in John 10 where it says that the enemy, the thief, comes but to destroy and to kill. And that was the purpose of, of, of these people, was to make a statement by just creating the maximum destruction they could of these innocent people. And when I think about it, the enemy of our soul is doing just that. He's trying to have the maximum destruction in my life and in your life as he can. And he's setting up a whole system to that end. And this system, which is being promoted through media and through popular culture, says... That we should indulge our lusts. We should do what your heart tells you. Do what feels good. If it feels good, it's right. Saying just, just go with the flow. Go with it. And the popular culture says you deserve. You are entitled. You should satisfy. If, if you've got this desire, it's because you need to indulge it. And and no one has a right to say no to you. And so we see a a generation of people who are unrestrained in their appetites. It starts maybe with with child rearing and and how we uh, tend to be very permissive as child rearing. And it continues till we have some very spoiled 70-year-olds and 80-year-olds that, that still expect to have things their way. It, and here we're saying Jesus Christ has a completely different alignment than the world system. The world system, which is calculated to, to have maximum destruction in life, says give in to your fleshly desires. And Jesus says, no, that is warring against your soul. It's, it's trying to... to Just as these terrorists are trying to bring destruction, these lusts, if you just let them in there and you just let them free, they will have uh, all kinds of destruction. They will leave a smoking ruin of your life. And the attitude that Jesus is telling us, which is very foreign, it says, here in this world, you're just passing through. You're a pilgrim. You're not at home. You consider yourself, just like Abraham didn't own a square foot of that promised land, you consider yourself a stranger in a strange land. And this is foreign for me, for us, to really think of ourselves that we shouldn't be setting down our roots here. We shouldn't be building up things that are going to fulfill our desires here, but we're passing through our goal. We look for a city, Hebrew says, that's not built with, heaven, with, with hands in the heavens. That we look to please our heavenly Father. We look to align ourselves to God and it looks like, but this is, this is uh, you know, people complain, I, I have to give up who I am. I have to surrender my identity. I have to surrender the things that are important to me. I have to surrender uh, goals and and desires that that, uh, are so, so, uh, so entwined with who I am and what I want so bad. But when I give that up, when I give up the alignment of my life and surrender and align myself with the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm not... Giving up what's good for me. I'm giving up the things that are warring against my soul that are dragging me down. And I'm aligning myself with the Lord Jesus Christ who, who is going to give me power in eternity, who's going to give me power right now to live a life that I can feel. Uh, I can look in the mirror and and, and respect the person there because they're starting to reflect Jesus Christ as opposed to looking in the mirror and feeling a sense of shame, of having to hide. Because deep down, we know that these things are shameful despite the the callousness that uh, the continual flaunting across the airwaves brings in us. So as we reflect the alignment with Jesus Christ, we're going to have a different lifestyle, we see it in verse 12. It's going to be honest. It's not going to just be aligned with whatever the person next to us wants to hear. And we might get a backlash. People might speak against us as evildoers, but basically here in verse 12 and and also further on down in verse 15, it's the will of God that by well-doing you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. It says that, Whereas they speak against you as evildoers, you may by your good works, they, they may behold, glorify God. So basically, how you live should uh, silence your critics. They may say what they want, but everybody can see the truth. And they can see that you're aligned with Jesus Christ. And then we kind of get into this whole um, thing about Authority. Okay, so you're telling me that the Bible says I need to align myself with the authority of God, but what about all these other authorities in my life? There's my parents, there's the government, there's um, uh, my boss, and he speaks to all these relationships here. He says, what do I do with them? Because I am... Under God's authority can I say, you know what, I don't have to listen to you anymore. You know, I, can, I I'm just have to listen to God so I can be the free man who, who, who says I don't need to pay taxes anymore because, you know, I belong to God's kingdom. Or I can be the person who says, you know, I don't need to, uh, to, to, to do what my boss says because I have a higher boss. Or I don't have to listen to my parents because I have a higher heavenly father. Is that what the word of God teaches us here? No, it's saying that honor all men, fear God, honor the king, servants be subject to your masters with all fear, not only the good and gentle but also to the froward, the, the ones that have a really bad attitude. As free, here's the principle, as free and not using liberty for a cloak of maliciousness but as the servants of God. So the Bible says, yes, you are free from other authority. You really don't have to do what these other authorities are telling you to do because you answer to God first. So if they were to ask you to pick up a gun and kill and, uh, for the sake of your country or, or to, um, you know, do, to to lie and cheat for the company or whatever they may do, then you have the freedom to say no because you are ultimately under God's authority. So you truly are free from their authority because you have this higher authority. But what does your higher authority say? What does God say to us? He says that we honor God, who is the source of all authority, read in Romans 13, by being submitting ourselves to the authorities he has placed. The, he, rather than the anarchy and chaos of, of just doing what you feel like, God has placed authority in our lives. And sometimes those authorities aren't good. We, we read right here that there's froward bosses, there's there's people who have a bad attitude, who don't have who 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 are hard to serve. But even though I'm, I am free because of this higher authority, I'm not going to use that freedom as a cloak, as something to hide my real agenda of rebellion and self-will. Because up front we said, I've, I've given up my self-will, I've aligned myself with Jesus Christ, and God is honored when I show respect to authority. I may have to respectfully say I cannot do your instruction because of conflicts with a higher authority. But under no circumstances can I have the attitude, and can I uh, say, "Well, I have this freedom to disrespect. I have this freedom to uh, to, to you know talk back, and um, I can I, I, I can use this freedom as a cloak for my own selfish agenda." Under the covers. But I am really serving God. And because I serve God, I I serve the people that he loves. I show respect to God, fear. I show love to the brotherhood. And I'm willing to honor the king, the authorities in my life, whether they deserve it or not, which is not easy. And it continues on with the suffering that, it's. you know, we're thankful when we when we can endure suffering wrongfully because we're doing it like Jesus suffered wrongfully for us. This is what it means to follow in his steps. We read in verse 21. There's uh, a lot in this chapter, and we can't go through it all. But I would hope that we can... At least get a few solid principles. Jesus came into this world. He left us a concrete example, one we, we cannot uh, talk our way out of. We have the ability as we go, moment by moment, choice by choice, whether we want to surrender our will and our alignment to align with His, or whether we want to have the spirit of the age, the spirit of the world who desires our destruction and give in to what we think we feel like doing, which will end up bringing destruction. If we want to have loving unity, what Jesus said, I pray that they would be one as I and the Father are one, we need to be united not so much with each other but with the cornerstone. When you and I have that relationship right with God, the friction with each other. Well, if there's friction, that person has to answer to God. But I know I'm aligned with God. And that's how we can solve alignment properly. If I just, well, you know, if I go along, there'll be less friction. That's not what we're saying either. We have this freedom. We have risen above human authority. But Jesus rose above Jesus was above human authority. He was God. But we read when he came to this earth... He actually submitted to his parents. He submitted to authority for righteousness sake to be that example, to glorify God. And we can, through our attitude, not only of gratitude, but also of of, uh, fear and love and alignment with the character of Jesus Christ, bring him glory by giving up the rebellion and the self-will. That's really what is our selfish ad- alignment which causes our destruction. May the Lord bless these few words.
1: As Brother Edmund was preaching and even as Brother Eric was praying, the Lord brought all kinds of thoughts to my mind. And as we talked about aligning and fitting in, it's, it's interesting how uh, for some reason the Lord brought a memory back to me of uh, many years ago, when we went to, uh, to a cottage at the beach with our children, which we had a custom every summer, and we found ourselves with uh, two other families from church at the same area and the same beach. And it was interesting how I sat on the beach with uh, one of the brothers, and they were both uh, 10, 15 years older than I was roughly, and one was telling me, we had a discussion, how, how much he admired the other brother and wanted to be like this other brother, and the kind of father that he was. And then it's interesting a day or two later I was on the same beach with the other brother and he had the same conversation with me about the other one. Everyone wants to thinks that somebody else is just right. But God has made each one of us stones that fit in the right place. We need to align ourselves as we have read and, and, and need to be in the right place that he has placed us. And the hard part there is this word that comes up of submission. Submission is something that is very, very difficult for people sometimes. And we as children of God need to be humble and submit ourselves and be where God wants us to be. That is a spiritual house we are built. And we need to be aligned and we need to fit in, and sometimes others need to tell us that. Recently, I, I had, a, uh, had my car in, my, my work vehicle for some, some issues, and it was in a couple of times. And they told me that I had new tires and everything else, but I needed an alignment. They found a problem with some of the tires previously, and they said, unless I have an alignment, I'm going to have the same problem with those tires. Now, the interesting thing was that I didn't see the problem, I didn't feel the problem, but the problem was there. And we need to be careful that sometimes maybe somebody else needs to help us to align and fit and change so that we can fit into that building a little bit better. Ephesians 2 came to my mind as we talked about being strangers. Verse 12 in chapter 2 you know, thinking of passing through this life, we need to take to heart the fact that we are just passing through. I fear for myself and others that we are all too comfortable sometimes, and we are pilgrims and strangers going through this life. Those that are unconverted This word is sad, but let me read it to you. It says that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. A sad, sad state to be without hope and without God in the world. But we need to go through, and it says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. May the Lord bless us all.